0: Hey, this is Pastor Joa. I just want to say thanks for taking some time out to listen to this. Um, there's a few things that God has laid upon my heart, and I kind of want to get it out there. And I figured this is one of the, the best way to do this for the next-gen department. And there's going to be a, a series of these coming up. And um, just take this, we're going to add some, you know, some messages that God's telling us. And also maybe some housekeeping things, some things that we can maybe kind of improve on in our class. Just some little things that we can kind of add to make our class better. So, let's go ahead and get into today's message. A few years ago, I had the privilege of doing one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life, and yet it was the most rewarding. I had to conduct my father-in-law's funeral. You know, if you've never been in that situation of having to speak at a funeral, it can be pretty difficult, and, you know, because you got to know what to say. You want to say something that's going to bring comfort and uh, to the friends and family, kind of bring a, a little bit of peace. Says so during this time as I was praying, Lord, what do you want me to say that can bring peace and comfort to the family? Then the Lord began to speak to me and began to bring up memories that I had of my father-in-law. That you know, I remember as I was thinking about him, I was sitting back and began to grin about some of the crazy moments that we had. And then at that time the Lord reminded me of a funeral of a scripture you often hear at a funeral. It's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. It, it says. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. You know, when you hear that at a funeral, a lot of people focus on a time to be born and a time to die. But when I looked at that and I began to read over that, the Lord kept drawing me back to the last part that I just read a time to plant and a time to harvest. You know, everything in the kingdom of God is based on the principle of seed time and harvest. And God revealed to me, as I was reading through the scriptures, revealed to me that the memories that I had of my father-in-law aren't just memories. They were seeds and the harvest of those seeds that he planted in my life. This is important because everything that we possess in life is a seed. Your words are a seed. Your attitudes are a seed. Your actions or a seed, and the list can keep going on. But today I want to talk to you about that concept of the words. Let's just look at words being a seed. You know, let's think about this for example. You go up to somebody and you tell them, hey, you know, um, you know, a stranger, you know, I really, I really like your hairstyle, or I really like that outfit you're wearing. You know, when you say that, you're like sowing a seed, and you can almost instinctively expect them to say a kind word back, whether that's thank you or maybe i like your outfit too or something like that you you already know there's going to be a harvest i mean it almost happens automatically you know maybe it's that person that you, when you tell them that it puts a smile on their face it might catch them off guard at first but then oh oh wow well thank you you know it makes them feel good inside you know it's a seed of of kindness now let's look at it a little bit more because when you say something you show, show a seed of kindness so a seed of kindness You made that person's day, you know, you might not know that they might have been actually feeling a little bit insecure about the their clothing of choice for that day. Or, you know, now because you said that, you know, you sowed that seed of encouragement, you know, that seed of kindness in their life, you know, now they may be confident enough to go to that job interview that you didn't know that they were about to be having. You see, when we sow seeds in return, you show the love of Jesus. And honestly, you receive a harvest because it made you feel good almost immediately because you know you brought a smile to their face. And if that for that few moments it wasn't just about you, not only that you sow seeds of the compliment to that person, but now you have a harvest that somebody is going to sow a seed of encouragement to you at the right time when God knows you absolutely need it. So we need to be careful about the words. That we say. Now let's look at this differently, okay? What if you saw that person, you liked their outfit, you like their hairstyle, but because maybe you didn't know them, or honestly, you weren't really in a mood to talk, you didn't say anything. Now you just robbed that person and yourself of receiving a blessing. Now, this is just a small example of seed time and harvest. It may even seem like a silly example. But let's dive into this a little bit more. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 tells us this. It says, Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Your words, if you think about it, your words, the words of your mouth, can get you into heaven or get you out. Because remember, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe with our hearts, then we are saved. It's with our words. Our words are so important. They are a seed. We see nine times In the first few chapters of Genesis, you see the phrase, this phrase right here, it says, and God said. And every time you see that phrase, it's followed up by something God spoke into existence. We also see in those same few verses that God says, I'm going to make man in my image and after my likeness. And if God spoke things into existence with the seeds of his words, isn't it safe to say that we do the same? You see, When we speak, we are sowing seeds, not only in others' lives, but our own lives. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 7 through 8, this is what it says. It says, Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness ignores the needs of others, ignoring God. Harvest a crop of weeds. And all he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. Well, it says right here that whatever seed you sow, make no mistake about it, you're going to reap a harvest of it. You know, a few years ago, I met up with somebody, um, a relative actually, and we were eating lunch, and um, as we're eating lunch at this restaurant we like, and this person, man, they're really funny. And we're sitting at the table, and as we're talking, I'm just sitting there listening, you know, my wife and a few other people are there. And um, as, you know, we're listening, he begins to make these jokes. And as he begins to talk, he's making fun of other people. Some of the people around us, some other people. He just begins really talking bad about other people, but making it a joke. And honestly, I just found myself kind of laughing at it, you know, just laughing, kind of, you know, because what he was saying was actually pretty funny. And everybody at the table is laughing, and my wife really isn't, Bonnie's not laughing at all. I mean, she's just really just kind of sitting there. And I, I walked away from that. Oh, we had a great lunch, it was funny. And we get in the car, and she says, I can't believe that. I said, What? She goes, He was bad mouthing just about everybody. And what if the people around us have heard? And I said, oh, no, he was just making a joke. And she says, yeah, but I can't believe you didn't say that. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Then it kind of dawned on me what she was saying. He was sowing seeds, and I was allowing those seeds to be sown in my life for a harvest by not putting a stop to it. He was actually sowing seeds of discord. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19, this is what it says. There are six things the Lord hates. And then it stops. It says, no, seven things he detests. The first six he hates. So let's look at them. A haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, so basically murder, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness that pours out lies. And then the seventh thing that he detests above hating, even above murder, a person who sows discord in a family. You know, oftentimes we gossip and we laugh and stuff like that, and we don't think much of it, but God says right here, he detests it. How is discord sown? Discord is sown through words, the words of our mouth. When someone says something negative to you about someone else, that is discord. Whether it's a joke or they try to laugh it off, it's still discord. You see, this is meant by the devil to get you to think negative thoughts about the person. So now every single time that you see that person, you aren't thinking good about them. You're thinking about the negative words that somebody else told you or negative words that were said, which is exactly what the devil wants. Your words were created to bring life. God made you to use your words to bring life, just like his words were made to bring life. So when we use our words to bring anything other than life, we are sowing discord. That's why God detests it. That's why he hates it so much. And and his words, not my own, even above murder, because not only can it attack that one person, it spreads and produces a harvest that you don't want. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 28 says, A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Now what kind of seeds or what kind of words are we sowing? You know, when I told you that story of eating lunch with that person and we were laughing as they were gossiping and making fun of others, honestly, deep down inside, I felt a little uncomfortable But I reasoned with my mind, I excused it, thinking, I'm not the one saying it. But honestly, at that moment, it was a quiz from God, and and I believe I failed. Although I didn't say anything, I didn't put a stop to it either. There's a saying that goes, "If, if they will do it for you, they will do it to you. Or, if they will tell it to you, they will also tell it about you. Which means this. If a person is telling you gossip about somebody else, guess what they're saying about you to somebody else. And if you don't put a stop to it, if you allow the harvest of those seeds, you allow those harvests of seeds to come back in your future. You know, oftentimes, like me, we reason with our mind, well, I'm not the one saying it. They're the one saying it. I didn't do nothing wrong. I just sat there. You know, I'm not going to badmouth anybody. But by not putting a stop to it, the Bible says we kind of enter into that And we allow those seeds to produce a harvest in our future. You see, the reason God detests is because He knows if we use our words to allow discord in, or we hold our tongue instead of stopping words of discord, we allow that harvest in our lives instead of goodness, peace, and unity, which is what our words are meant for, to be used. It gives the devil a foothold, allows him to slip into our lives, even just a little bit, gives him just enough to slip into our life and wreak havoc. We open the door, even if it's slightly, we open the door for him to bring a harvest that we really don't want. So what do you do if you're caught in a situation like this, where someone else is saying something to you where you can hear it? Now, I'm not talking about you saying it at this moment, I'm talking about where, because we should be, honestly, we should really examine our words now and think, okay, Lord, am I saying stuff that I should be saying and we need to guard our tongue? But what if you find yourself in a situation like I was in and you don't know what to say? How do you deal with it? Number one, don't be a coward. Be bold. If they're bold enough to sow a seed of discord, be bold enough to stop it and uproot those seeds. Deal with it head on. There's been times in my life I've been in this kind of situation and I kind of, you know, kind of trying to baby around it and kind of soften the blow. But you know what? If they're going to be bold enough to say that to me, guess what? I'm going to be bold enough to stop it. So here's a few things that I kind of jot down. And these are, you know, in quotation, so to speak. So I know you feel you have a right or a duty to say those things. So this is what you can tell them. I know you feel you have a right or a duty to say those things, but I don't want to hear it. And I suggest you to keep it. And I suggest that you keep it to yourself. Now, that's kind of pretty straight, that's bold, that's kind of in your face. Or like this, I see you're having a difficult time with this, let's pray about it and pray with them right then and there, right? That kind kind of make them kind of second guess, okay, maybe I should just keep my mouth shut, right? All right, or, you know, I see this is bothering you, I suggest you go and talk to that person you're having an issue with, because the Bible does say, if you have ought against your brother, you should go to them. So let me pray with you right now, so, you know, when you go to them and you talk to them, you have the right words to say. You see, all those are pretty straightforward and kind of, hey, look, I don't really want to participate in your gossip. That's really a nice way of saying it, but being bold enough to know where you stand, okay? Now, what if they're joking around? Then I would say this, you know, um, I sure hate for somebody to be saying stuff like that about us. So let's change the subject because I really don't want people to be talking to me like that because I really do believe you reap what you sow. Now, again, straightforward, but not being a jerk about it. Or, or you could be like this. I don't think it's funny to make fun of others, so can you just knock it off or I'm leaving? <laughs> it defi- depends on which one fits your personality, okay? Any of those are good, but honestly, that lets them know where you stand and it puts a stop to it, okay? Now, if you overhear it and you don't put a stop to it, remember, you can sow seeds for that to happen in your future. What if somebody was talking about you and you didn't put a stop to it, okay? So, at this point, you may be thinking like me, oh my lord, I have been guilty of all this. I've said stuff about people. I have allowed discord in. I haven't put a stop to it. You know, forgive me, Lord, because I don't want all that stuff coming back to me. Honestly, my exact thoughts as I was preparing, you know, this little talk. So what do you do if you have these kinds of seeds sown in your life? Well, right now, actually, springtime is upon us. It's around March. And, you know, we're look in our flower beds and you know everything's starting to begin to grow a little bit but inside our flower beds we also have these weeds that are growing these weeds that are popping out in our flower beds and they're weeds because they're seeds in those flower beds that we didn't even know about that got in there so what do we do we go honestly we get a big can of the you know the 365 roundup and we go and we spray those weeds you know which kills them at the root and then we go and we go by and we pull that weed up by the root. We have to do the same thing with the weeds that we have planted in our lives. Those seeds that we have planted, those weeds that we've allowed to come up, we have to spray the word of God over them and pull them up by the root. In other words, we have to use the authority that we have, we that we have in Christ. It's like that Roundup, you know, we got to command those weeds and those seeds to wither up and die. You know, as I Was preparing for this, I was like, Lord, all these things that I've done, I know that I myself have been guilty of by allowing others to say stuff, by me myself saying stuff because I was emotionally hurt or just something like that. Lord, forgive me. And I bind that up right now and I take authority over that. I will not and do not allow that harvest to come up in my life. I put a stop to it right now because of the authority that I have in Jesus. Now, I command you to wither up and die. That's where we start putting a stop to the harvest if we planted bad seeds. And then we learn from that. It's where we do a 180. We don't go back and we don't, when we're emotional, do it again. We got to put a stop to it. Now, we got to ask God to help us because we're going to be tempted inevitably to go back and say and do that yet again. So that's where we got to ask God for boldness, wisdom, and help us to guard our mouth and guard our tongue. So we're not sowing seeds of discord. Galatians chapter 6 verses 9 through 10, this is the second half of what we read a little while ago, it says, so do not allow ourselves to, let's, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get a chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Now, it says, let's not allow ourselves to be fatigued in doing good. The right time will get a harvest of a good crop. So don't allow yourself to get tired of encouraging others, saying the right things to others. You may have to bite your tongue a few times because maybe there's a few things you disagree with, and that's fine. That's what we should do. We're guarding our mouths. So we got to remind ourselves, hey, listen, I want a different future for myself. I don't want to allow discord in my life, so I'm going to choose to sow good seeds. You see, seeds, the words that we say are the seeds, but they don't have to be bad. They could be great. We can sow seeds of goodness. You've probably heard that scripture, you reap what you sow, and a lot of times we hear that in a negative way, but it can be extremely positive way. So you reap what you sow. It's like, that's great. That's good. Yeah, I do reap what I sow. So, sow good seed, right? My father-in-law used to have this box full of quotes whenever we would be dealing with something or maybe thinking about something that we're struggling with or talking it over with him, an issue that we're dealing with. Sometimes he wouldn't say nothing. He would just get out of his chair and he'd go to a box on his desk and he would kind of sift through it and he would bring us this piece of paper and he wouldn't say nothing. He'd hand it to us. Now, my father-in-law, I love him, but he had terrible handwriting. We could barely read it. He wouldn't say nothing. He would just say, just read this. So we would read it, and we would look at it, and we're like, okay. And we'd try to hand it back, and he would look at us like, okay, didn't you get anything out of it? Well, honestly, we couldn't really read it. So he would say, and he would turn around, and he would just read it to us kind of out of frustration, right? But one of the quotes that he would say, I mean, that was in his box that he handed us, was this. The secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. Let me repeat that. The secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. You see, it's the little bitty things that we do that make a difference in our daily lives. Now, I would add your daily routine is the seeds that you sow, good or bad. The seeds you sow today, good or bad, that's your future. That's your daily routine, your daily routine that you talk, the way you talk, the way you speak, the words you allow to come out of your mouth, those are ahead of you in your future, good or bad. So we need to ask the Lord, Lord help us to change our daily routines, that we don't say stuff that doesn't please Him, and we don't produce weeds in our lives. So let's choose our words wisely so we can grow. The last part of that scripture we read was let's start with the people closest to us in the community of faith what are we saying about each other in our team are we sowing seeds of encouragement with our words maybe we agree or disagree with something they're doing in their personal life or, or whatever but are we gossiping about them or are we choosing to sow seeds of encouragement seeds of kindness going out of our way when we don't necessarily feel like it to give them a compliment what are you doing with your words how can we step back and look and say how can our words be better remember here's the thing god has put us in in a place where we minister to boys and girls and teenagers god's called us to implement his word into their lives to really let's be honest to lead by example You know, are we leading by example? If our kids talked the way we talked, would we be pleased or would we be disappointed? If our kids sowed seeds with their words like we sow seeds with our words, hmm, how would you feel? You know, sometimes we just got to step back and look in the mirror and say, okay, I don't like what I see going on in my life. I don't like what I see going around me. I don't like what I see in the atmosphere. Instead of griping about it, start with you. Make a change. What can you say with your words? What can you say? Remember, death and life is in the power of the tongue. I think it's time that we start to bring more life. I'm not saying we haven't, but I think that we can do a better job of encouraging each other, lifting each other up, and then also... It being an example to those to those that we minister to. Not just by the words of our mouth, but it starts with our words and then goes to our attitudes and our actions, which is where we're gonna pick off, pick up in the next few talks. It's our words, our attitudes, and our actions. Those are the primary places that God speaks to us in his word to start to sow the right kinds of seeds if we want his harvest in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege and honor to serve you, Lord. We love you so much. Lord, you created us with the unique ability, the power of sowing seeds, Lord, with our words. We thank you, Lord, that that principle of seed time and harvest is a fantastic principle, Lord made to be a huge blessing in our lives, Father. Many times, honestly, we've neglected it and we've actually used it for bad instead of good. Lord, on my behalf, I ask that you forgive me. Lord, in times where I haven't put a stop when people have said stuff or maybe I've even allowed myself to say stuff that shouldn't be said, Lord, forgive me. Now, Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you also forgive us and forgive me for not going out of our way to encourage others with this gift of words that you've given us. Lord, help us to put our own selfish desires and selfish needs and our hidden motives aside, Lord, and use us to say the right thing at the right time, to bring your love, your peace, and your unity to others. We thank you for it, Lord. Give us the boldness, give us the courage. Lord, when we're caught in a situation... And people are talking and saying things that don't please you. Lord, help us to put a stop to it. Because we do not want to allow anything that would hinder your anointing operating in our lives. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to encourage you to go out, say something that's going to bring blessing to somebody else. And watch what it does for you in your life. Again, words are very important here, which brings me to a little housekeeping thing I wanted to kind of talk about within the next-gen departments. That's 180 all the way down to the babies and everything in between. If you notice on your name tag, for years we would have your name on there, but in front of your name, it always had your title, Mr., Mrs., Pastor, uh, Doctor for some of you, and that's on there because we want to add a level of respect and we want to lead by example when it comes to manners because in case you had noticed boys and girls well just period most people today don't have manners and it's very important if you're going to follow the things of god i think manners plays a very important role again words so we need to make sure we make a conscious effort to call each other by our title Mr. Mrs. Pastor don't be calling each other just by their first name unless it has a Mr. or Mrs. beside it now again it's going to take a little bit of work to do this but I need you to help me out and I'm going to help you out so let's encourage each other if we you know just blurt out somebody's name hey Sammy no 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 it's Mr. Sammy we got to encourage each other because we want the kids to do the same thing to have that level of respect so from now on Make sure we're using those titles. Let's set the standard up a little bit higher. Let's bring in the manners. Let's bring in the please. Let's bring in the thank you. Let's bring in the sir. Let's bring in the ma'am. So we lead by example. Again, if we want the the kids and we want the students to do that, that's exactly what we, we need to treat each other with that level of respect. Thank you, guys.